Transmuting emotions. <clears throat> Just don't have them. It's easier. <laughs> no emotions. There. Any questions? <laughs> so of course that that's what we're always trying to do is just the opposite of transmitting. We're trying to either stop the emotion, literally try to stop it. We're trying to distract ourselves from it by finding something else to do to stop feeling that way. Or we might be trying to stop the emotion by blaming somebody else for why we're having the emotion. Or we might be going the other way and blaming ourselves for you know, a little story about, i got to stop feeling that way. Why am I feeling like this? As soon as you hit any why question is circular, you're going to get a because, and it's going to be a little bit okay, but not really satisfactory. It's just another circle, another circle, another circle. It's just it's around and around and around. So the idea of trans, <coughs> transmuting, <coughs> excuse me, I have a tickle in my throat. Has anyone uh, looked up that word? Anybody got a phone? I looked up transmuting technology. I don't know if I do it, if I do it without it. See if there's a really good talk on that. On <laughs> Changing or nature of substance. Yeah, so transform. Okay, so trans over form. Transform. Transmute. Transmute sounds a little bit more esoteric. You know, transform. Less Western and more mystical. There's another one. To change or alter in form, appearance, or nature, and especially to a higher form. Mm -hmm. So, uh, it's been said that you can, uh, in the Buddha, Buddhist teachings, that you can transform uh, emotions into compassion, into serving others instead of just your own little property, your own little antagonism inside. I like it, I like it, it's not good, it shouldn't be this way, well, why am I doing this? Why do I feel this way? And so on. And so the beginning of that seems to be is to stop doing anything with it. And it's very difficult to to not do something with it. And just as soon as you have any kind of a feeling that's triggered by anything from somebody cutting off in traffic to someone um, being rude to you for no apparent reason or for apparent reason, either way, is that emotions arise. And what we conventionally do is to we attribute, we blame, or we blame this way, or blame that way, or we explain, or we we do we try to do something with it. And so the trans, transmutation, transformation, uh, seems to be necessary to look deeply into the emotion. And you can't look into it if you're covering it up with blaming, and you're covering it up with uh, explaining. You're covering it up with anything. Well, the reason I'm feeling this way is because of that. That's a misunderstanding. Although it could have some relative truth to it, I mean, you could have people who would agree with you, that's why, which is why we often have conversations, because we want agreement. Or else we want somebody to disagree so we can show them how they're wrong. That's another reason for conversations. Conversations are very circular. It doesn't mean they're not good, but it does mean they're bad. <laughs> <laughs> So the transmutation or transformation seems to be seems to come from being able to I say able that ability is probably not saying you can but probably not going to arise unless you spent uh, quite a bit of time looking very very closely deeply uh, 
precisely into whatever's arising in the mind. Unless you've actually watched something arise out of nowhere, nothingness, and come up with a manifestation of a, a feeling, a thought, an idea, a memory, anything coming out of nowhere or an apparent nowhere into an apparent somewhere, your mind, unless you've looked at that without evaluation, without accepting it, without rejecting it, and without turning away, ignoring and distracting yourself. Unless you practice that, you will be captured by the, the extra material that comes up with the, with the emotion, which is usually hope, fear, some kind of something else is coming up along with it that we, uh, we just kind of bail out of the emotion into that whatever that is, into that, that other angle because we feel like we're, we can make some progress. In our tradition, this is called spiritual materialism, trying to use spiritual techniques to accomplish something. You might say, you could say, and I'm about to say, <laughs> well, enough said. <laughs> uh, what was I going to say? <laughs> so something came up, and it was an emotion, and we were trying to figure out what we should do with that. So the interesting thing is, if you do nothing with it, if you keep it in its uh, raw form, that it it will either just go away, or if it stays up and needs to be, you could say, converted or transformed, then that transform transformation, you won't get in the way of that transformation. Transformation is not something you do, it's something you are. So not something you do, it's something you are that transformation. And the way in which you, the, uh, the fancy word uh, you hear from, uh, uh, in other lineages or other uh, spiritual spiritual traditions, is participation mystique. It's like a participation that's that's not about two things. It's a it's a participation that is complete involvement, complete non separation from whatever is occurring. So quite often, our ego mind feels like we're being swamped by our feelings, our emotions, our antagonisms, our internal warfare, and we we might have the experience of uh, being overwhelmed by that. So I don't know if it can be done without a lot of exercising that area of the mind that is fairly formless. If you're working in the area of mind that is just full of forms called the intellect, thinking process, and anal uh, analyzing, subtracting, dividing, sorting out, using categories and so on, uh, the what is it, kind of a, the, the mind of an attorney or the mind of a scientist, not wrong. There, that we need those. We wouldn't have we wouldn't have our Prius. I don't know how to make a Prius. Do you guys? How do you make one of those? They are complicated. We saw, uh, what do they call that when they bisect? Was that a cross section of a Prius? We went to a place down in uh, Indiana where they sliced one across like this and opened it up. And my goodness, there's all kinds of things in there rabbits, <laughs> alligators. <laughs> no, they've got all kinds of various little devices that, you know, and I. I've worked in cars before, back in the early part of the last century, <laughs> when they invented them. And, uh, and there was a carburetor, gas tank, spark plugs. So it was either electrical or mechanical. Or, or yeah, it was either electrical or fuel. 
one of those two things was wrong. Now it's who knows what that who knows what that is that cars actually think. I think they think. So the idea is to uh, allow, if you can, and this is just a, a way of talking about it. It's not really not allowing so much as it's not obstructing it. Allow the emotion to as as it's congealing, as it's coming together, as it's starting to feel like it's going to overwhelm you. Uh, or to be too much, or you feel like a little bit of a low, a low, uh, a low level of panic starting to happen. Do nothing. Don't don't add to the panic. Don't subtract from the panic. It's almost like you have a willingness to experience whatever arises. It's almost like you have a kind of openness that you've been um, reconditioning yourself to not go into constant control over everything, and so you can actually. Simple word: witness what's arising. Witness how that shape, how that hope, how that comes up, and see, um, see deeply into what that emotion is, because each 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 emotion, whether it's uh, hope and fear or uh, anger uh, or jealousy or and all the other variables that could be entered in there, different words for describing those uh, dynamics. Pardon me. It seems that those need to be seen deeply without some kind of a person behind it who wants things to be different than they are, without some kind of a, a demand on anything. If there's some kind of demand, we automatically are we're back to uh, um, primitive kind of relations, warfare. <clears throat> Question? Um, on Bruce's talk, he was talking about joy and bliss and happiness and... Mm-hmm. The way he was presenting it, it sounded like you would never really have any difficult emotions. Some of the questions came around that. And he talked about afflicted emotions and just emotions. As it regards anger, for example, I think. So how, how, in the midst of it, how does self-serving anger transform into... selfless activity that still feels aggressive. Okay. So one of the ways it's been described is uh, we're not trying to get rid of anger. We're not trying to get rid of uh, any particular emotion. Uh, one of the ways that's been described is to have as anger uh, without hatred. So a little bit. We're human beings. We're going to have some discontent. There's going to be some anger. But the anger, uh, there's no kind of uh, axe to grind behind it. No kind of, uh, nothing extra. There's just the anger. And if, if one is... Uh, is um, concerned about their self-image, about their ego, uh, their self-centeredness, or about how they appear to others, then there's going to be some extra stuff thrown in there. Uh, and it's I think it's the extra stuff that happens. The, the simple emotions and so on can come and go. And the way I often say it, I think I was saying it earlier today, that, that you can experience uh, any kind of emotion coming and going. It's not about getting rid of anything. What it is about is, according to these teachings, is seeing that that there is no uh, no solid being who's experiencing these. So there's no person who is feeling that. What we do is we impute. We have a feeling, and we impute someone who's having this. And we even, will even say it to uh, validate that whole thing by saying, "Why am I feeling like this?" Well, there isn't anyone. So if you say, "Why am I?" You're you're positing some kind of identity that is experiencing something that's separate that they don't deserve or shouldn't have. Whereas someone who is completely uh, sane, to use a modern word, um, they're not for or against anything, particularly. 
When I say particularly, you notice I use all the symbols, syllables. I don't say particularly. You notice that? <laughs> Tell me, it's taken a lot of work to do that. I've had to be critical of a lot of news reporters to be able to get to the point where I don't do what they do. You guys hear me? Does <laughs> mean. During our interview, you said something to me that was extremely helpful, and I'm wondering if you could share that with everybody and elaborate on it. Can't remember what it was. Uh, I'm telling you. One <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> yes. Uh, you, you said I was talking about a negative emotion that I was experiencing. Yes. It. And one of the things you said so helpful was don't give it a name. Mm -hmm. Because once you give it a name, you're adding. And I never thought of the fact of calling emotion, calling what you're feeling anger, and then you immediately make it into just that. And you mm -hmm. don't really examine it. You don't. So could you sort of... So the, so the thing that... so helpful. Oh, good. So the thing that I usually often say, not usually, but often say about that is that if you need to call it something, then make up a name and change the name every time you have that emotion. Call it uh, uh, um, caramel apples. They're nice. Call, call, it some, call it something else. It doesn't have to be something oddball or something like that. It could be, um, you could call it a, a blue river. You know, I'm mean, actually go in and with some seriousness. Actually, I mean, it's your mind. Uh, as uh, it's your mind, so whatever's arising in it, you can do just about anything you want with it. You don't have to just be uh, uh, at war with whatever's arising. You also don't have to accept what's arising. Either way, accepting is passion, rejecting is aggression, and shutting off or turning away or distracting yourself is ignorance. So the important thing to you want to transmute these first. You have to actually you're going to have to get your hands dirty. So you're going to have to actually be in that texture, and that does not feel comfortable to the self-centered mind. The downside is it doesn't feel so comfortable to the ego mind. The upside of it is that's how it will feel to begin to transcend the separate self or the ego mind. You will have to get your hands dirty here. Your get your you have to get into the texture of that, and that seems to be how to. Uh, transform uh, emotions. But using your, what you seem to get value out of is so that you can actually do that, you might have to call it something else. You don't have to be silly about it, but you could, or not not call it anything. Just notice the texture of it. If you can see the texture of something, if you can feel, anytime there's texture, there's always space. You can't have texture without space. If you have, if you have something that has no texture, then that's linoleum. Make sense? as opposed to shag carpet. So the carpeting has all kinds of, but the linoleum is, that's the nature of ignorance. That's how the emotion will appear. It'll appear like, like brick, and it'll feel terrible. It'll feel heavy, it'll feel difficult, it'll feel cold, it'll feel whatever it feels. It might have some kind of a texture, but there's no space there. It's just like sandpaper. Sandpaper has texture too, but you've got to stop, stop fighting with it and go down into the actual points that form the abrasiveness of it, like here my fingernails. That's how it will, that sound will be will, will be a feeling sound. So you have to go in and you have to actually make all of that your own. Don't go to war with yourself anymore. You know, if you want to, as has been said, way before I got here, 
you can't have peace out here unless you have peace here. If you've got a, as a, the poet Kabir said, how can, if you with a loaded gun in here, how can you have God? You can't. You can't have ultimate happiness, realization, understanding, peace in the world if you're if you're always armed and ready to be triggered and go into combat with somebody. But if the war has is no longer happening here, then uh, then there's no warrior. Uh, I'm not saying the fancy kind of a warrior. I'm talking about the person who actually fights. If that's been somehow seen through or resolved or seen that it's unreal or seen that it's just a stage play, uh, then, then uh, it's not that you can't be triggered, but there's no one, there's no solid being there who's been triggered. So therefore, it doesn't last very long. It may show up, you may feel irritated with something, but because you're there and you're present, you're not, you're not, you don't mind being irritated. It just it doesn't last. It can't last unless you're a really bad person. <laughs> and then you're screwed. <laughs> so of course, it's always about the awareness. It's always about, always about awareness, not what arises in the awareness. It's always about the sky, not about the clouds. But in order for it to be about the sky, you have to look at the clouds. And you have to not accept them, not reject them, not look away. And at some point, the transcendence part is is not no clouds. It's seeing that the clouds in the sky are not separate anymore. That nothing is separate from anything else. Even though it shows up as totally different or opposite or shows up alive, it shows up not alive, it shows up happy, it shows up sad. It's like my teacher Chogyam Trungpa Rinpoche said, happy and sad, good and bad, happy and sad, all thoughts vanish into emptiness, like the imprint of a bird in the sky. I think he said that in the Sadhana of Mahamudra. <clears throat> Further questions? Do you find it helpful to inquire into what might be triggering? Yeah, a little bit. I think as long as you don't do it as some kind of an agenda that you always have to do to find, uh, just look at the trigger a little bit, but make sure that you realize this is a trigger. This is not the motion itself. Because if you get it confused, you'll travel right up the trigger to blaming. Who pulled that trigger? Well, if they hadn't done this, I wouldn't feel this way. Well, if my mother hadn't treated me this way, I wouldn't have this problem. So it, it goes every direction. It's, uh, it's tiring to, to blame. E even if somebody, that's the amazing thing about it, even though somebody did cause you some difficulty, I had a stepfather who was very difficult with me as a little person. But if I look at it, I say, he couldn't help but do it. I mean, he was, the way he was raised, the way he was treated, how, what he went through in his life, he couldn't be some other person. He had to function the way he was functioning. He didn't have the um, good fortune to run into uh, someone who could teach him about how his consciousness worked. So therefore, he believed his thoughts, and he just kept drinking beer. And he just kept living, and he kept you know, making life difficult for a small person, which is very confusing. On the other hand, um, I, could be gr I could be grateful to him even though it's difficult, I can be grateful to that because I probably would not have not be on this path with that kind without that kind of situation. So everything's dependently arisen. You can't find first cause for anything. It's actually a good discovery. It's just a great discovery because that way that that way no philosophy works. Nothing works because you can't track you can't track it down. Because actually, as you probably all know, I'm just telling you that. This whole thing was started 15 billion years ago by aliens from the Pleiades. You knew that? <laughs> 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 
Or maybe not. Maybe it was, what was that other one? Andromeda? Was that the one that got mixed up with a star? I thought it was a star, but it was actually oh. a galaxy. Yeah. We just need to stick to our own solar system. <laughs> <laughs> Those are easy. I know all six of them. <laughs> Further questions? Carrie? Part of the work we're doing in here, looking at the wall, is yes. identifying when things come up. But it's lightning fast. Somebody tells you a joke, and you're laughing before you know it. Mm -hmm. And then you're angry the same, boom, like yeah. that. Can you talk about the difference there between the two? Maybe it's the exact same thing. Oh, it's pretty similar. It's just that it just occurs, and, and and the occurrence is fine. It's the extra, the adding on that we do that shouldn't happen, or that should happen, or or the, the very simple one that people think is benign and is not benign at all. It's the tiny little spark. It's called there I go again. There there I go again. If you're if you're you're feeling something has happened, or you're out in post meditation, your everyday life, and somebody does something or says something, or you're in an interaction with another person in some way, and then you'll feel some kind of negative, and then you'll, there I go again. And we can't seem to stop that or control that. That's extra. And that actually covers up the very texture that you need to be, what, transforming. You need to see it. It's difficult to be a person. Have you noticed? You're like, that's new. It's difficult. Rarely are people do, working with their minds in this particular way. Usually it's, some, it's through some kind of more... Uh, psychological, not that we don't need some of that too, but it's more through some kind of a controlling, rather than a seeing and awareness situation, it's through some kind of a, a technique to control. I mean, everything from, and I haven't studied every psychology, but I certainly have, uh, I'm very nosy about everything. So I spent years studying, I'm okay, you're okay. You probably all heard of that, that transactional analysis. And then there was a primal screen. That I'm going to lose my voice doing that, you know, listening to Yoko Ono and John Lennon. So I worked on that for a while before I met my teacher, and then he said, "Shh, shut up." <laughs> <laughs> so all kinds of ways, but this particular way, uh, 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 and this and Buddhism is taught a little bit differently with different teachers, a different kind of understanding. Uh, no one's wrong, so I don't mean that. I'm just saying that. This is a very interesting way to sit down and use these teachings that come from 2,500 years ago and, and also all the lineage holders down through the centuries uh, have different ideas about how that works, including the uh, Vasubandhu in the third century of the uh, common era. To actually look at, just let it be what it is. I don't know, it's not even a letting. It's a, even the word letting is extra. It's, it's just, you sit down, hold still, and you, you, don't, you don't agree, passion. You don't object, aggression. And you don't turn away distract those three, the three poisons, passion, aggression, ignorance. And to do that, eventually, uh, things start to become more obvious. And one of the things that becomes obvious is there's no solid being here. There's a body, of course. There's um, a form, feeling, perception, concept, consciousness. There's the... the the sense fields, the sense objects, the sense consciousnesses, the, the organs that we hear through, there's that. But they don't make up a solid person. <clears throat> I thought I'd let you in on that. <laughs> it sure seems like it, though, doesn't it? I mean, it's, if someone attacks you or or if someone compliments you, you know, if someone says, uh, oh my gosh, Gary, you're one of the most wonderful people I've ever met. 
Yeah. I think it's the beard. It's got to be. <laughs> so we, we, we feel, even making fun, we, we feel a little bit of, uh, just like if I uh, uh, turn to, who could I pick on? Let's see, I don't want to, I'm going to pick on And I come at you, and I'm not going to do it, but if I come at you and, and just, even if I make it up and I criticize you, and I just pick out something about you and say something bad, evil, harmful, or critical of you, even if I'm pretending, you'll feel it. You know, I sometimes wonder how actors can even do that kind of work. Because they, they, you, you can't just act and keep your emotions out of it. Now, what do they call it? Method acting? Or something like that. But I don't, I don't know how that's done. So we're, we're very, very sensitive even to pretend stuff. You know, we, we react to it. So what do we do? In this tradition, in this, on this path, we... We take this uh, untrained mind and we bring it down to a situation where we sit down, hold still, uh, not worshiping anybody. We're just sitting down, holding still, and we're watching the way the mind works hour after hour after hour. It takes a lot of time. We've been around here forever. I'm not, I don't believe in past lives. I don't disbelieve in past lives. But something has been going on for way longer than this lifetime. And here we are again. And all of the things that have been unexamined from you know, the 14th century are showing up right here. Unless they're not triggered, sometimes we can get away with it. If there's no war going on, if our relationship karma is pretty good, you know, we get a relationship where the person is, you know, a really nice person. And that way it gives us a chance to be a rat. <laughs> <laughs> that person's karma is to take care of a rat. <laughs> So it's always about awareness, coming back to square one. Transforming emotions is, you have to be aware of the emotion, and you can't be aware of the emotion if you're rejecting it, or if you're accepting it, by saying, well, it's because of this. As soon as you say, it's because of this, as soon as you say, there I go, or here it comes again, or I don't deserve this, anything like that, you've actually covered up the very transformation, uh, transmutation that is possible to actually be a completely present human being living here now, in this particular place and time, this very moment. There isn't anything but this moment. If you think there is, you'll suffer. And you'll probably cause others to suffer through just being around them. <clears throat> Further questions? Oh, you're rubbing your forehead. <laughs> just go down. You said, um, I don't remember exactly what you said, but the negative self-talk around the emotion, but if the biggest poison is ignorance, that self-talk could be happening under the surface so you don't even see yes. it. So if, if we're conditioned to ignore that, how can they be transmitted, muted, if we don't even know how we're hooked? Yes, repetition. Come to the, this is why anybody here who's a close student of mine, you, you know how much I badger you about sitting. It's the only thing I tell you to do. I think, other than a study, you can, if you can, but uh, you're not required to watch my talks. It's just if you don't watch them, I'll get a little upset. <laughs> Blame you. <laughs> but I say, go sit down, train your mind. Sit down, hold still. You don't have to be a Buddhist. Nobody's requiring you to receive vows. or That's your business. If you want to do that, I'll help you. If you, if you just want to study uh, uh, your mind and see how your mind works. A, a good example is Fleeta. She's not here now, but I've been talking to her for, I don't know, 10, 10, 12 years, something like that. She has no intention of joining 
you know, sewing a rock suit. And she doesn't need to, but she's very, very sincere about trying to find out what fundamentally what this being a living being is about for herself. She still has some work to do, and she knows it. So she's practicing, and I, you know, so it's about that. I think it's the insistence, you know, that you're going to do this. You're going to you're you're no longer going to necessarily look for some kind of credential that you're getting somewhere. If there's still some kind of subtle reaching out for something, trying to get a credential, trying to see if you're getting somewhere, this is called the mundane path. This works pretty well if you're working on a PhD or if you're working on uh, something that has a, a material uh, path to it of acquiring, getting. But the spiritual path is uh, could be said to be it's the opposite way. You start to lose. You lose your credentials. You lose your reference points. You lose your identity. And eventually you lose your life. But you're still alive. You're still alive. There's just no solid being anymore. So there's still anime, uh, uh, some, some animation going on, but there's no, no solid being. And so therefore there's no uh, suffering that belongs to anyone. I'm not saying there's not difficulty here, but it doesn't, it doesn't happen to a person anymore. <clears throat> so don't give up. Just keep going. Come to the cushion. Sit down. Train your mind. How do you train your mind? Sit down. Hold still. Watch what moves. And by watching what movements without grasping it, passion, without rejecting it, aggression, and without shutting down or distracting yourself from it to going to another thing, the awareness itself becomes more and more and more primary slowly. It's a relative part of the spiritual path. And eventually the, the awareness starts to leak out in front of the thinking process and we start to lead our life with our awareness rather than with our paranoid mind. Drop down out of the paranoia, rise up out of the hope and fear, this is where you need to live. And this isn't even a place. It's just an idea. More? What did I just say? <laughs> Not too bad. <laughs> Do that a hundred thousand times. <laughs> yes. So you say it's all about awareness. Yes. So if we have a negative emotion that arises and we manage to just look at it, is there an expectation that it will dissolve? Well, there could be an expectation of that, but that's always extra. The emotion is one thing. The expectation is, a, is a, the, whatever you call those things, those little fish that stick onto the side of a sperm whales, pilot fish. It's like that. So the sperm whale is fine by itself, but then our pilot fish gets stuck on, and we have all these additions. <coughs> little tiny heartbeats everywhere. More. I'm just thinking about emotions that seem to, particularly negative ones that have a tendency to kind of haunt yeah. and repeat over and over again. So it, are you saying that if there's enough awareness about that, that that emotion may subside? So here, here's the way I would respond to it. It may. I'm not saying it won't. That, that could happen. That emotion may never come up. But what's more than likely to happen is through... Awareness, awareness, awareness. Eventually you see whatever's arising, that there's no solid being experiencing that. That who you thought was somebody, me and my emotions, me and my feelings, or how I'm feeling. That the I part of that is no longer has any, uh, no credibility. There's no, there's no, there's no, it's like, it's like an actor uh, walks off a stage and that, 
you, you get off the stage and you sit in the audience and you, 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 you see the act going, you see the play and it's still emotional, but you're no longer, you're there and you're not there. So you're, you're no, no longer concerned about, you notice that the emotions are there and they're arising, but you know they're unreal because there's no one having the emotion. The causes and conditions that arise out of, uh, out of conditioned uh, arising will keep going depending on whatever is pushing on, pulling on, whatever, but you don't need to get rid of them. You don't need to get rid of ego because even ego is unreal. You just need to see that it, that it, see that it is not. It's just an accumulation of the skandhas, form, feeling, perception, concept, consciousness, and it is discontinuous identity. If it were continuous identity, then you wouldn't be much affected by anything because you'd be here, and but just that your whole identity can keep changing. You feel really good, and then you feel really bad, and then you feel you're swayed by your emotions. So I say... You've heard me say many times, don't believe your thoughts. Don't disbelieve your thoughts. Don't do anything with them. Don't accept them. Don't reject them. I never say, well, just accept it. I say that. That's, that's uh, incorrect as far as I'm concerned. Someone else might teach that way, but I don't. Well, I guess I cleared all that up. <laughs> <laughs> Further comments, questions, explorations, transmutations? Yes. You were referring to someone earlier about maybe somebody has an easy lifetime karmically, mm-hmm. yeah. and maybe there's stuff under there, but they're having um, on the surface nice-looking circumstances. Yeah. But do things need to come up or get triggered in order to work with karma? A little bit. The important part of it seems to be. Uh, seeing that, uh, to use the Yogacara approach to the teachings, is there's no self. You know, there's something, but it's not a, not a solid being, and there's no other. There's something there, but it's not, not a solid kind of uh, uh, self that's happening. It's discontinuous. It's constantly going, it's constantly morphing or transforming just out of uh, causes and conditions. That's why the transformation, when you do that, is not something you're doing, it's something you are. You are the transformation. What is this called? What's the liberation? Or the word for that? Liberation. It's, it's freedom. It's not freedom from something, to do, uh, away from something. It's not freedom to do something. Fundamental freedom. Is revolution at the basis synonymous with freedom, the way you're talking about? Revolution is the basis of consciousness, is the way the Yogacarans talk about liberation. They say that the, the, the Ali Vijnana, the base consciousness, uh, the storehouse consciousness, there needs to be a turning about there, because until there's a turning about, then that's 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 kind of a hideout for the confusion, and it starts to get get triggered and come tumbling down into our everyday situation, not been seen. Will you describe turning about from what to what? Well, I don't, I don't. Uh, well, I guess if I did it the way you're asking, then I would say uh, turning about from grasping to no grasping, turning about from pushing to no pushing, to no no. No, uh, as I have sometimes said, um, even though uh, you have uh, some kind of choice coming up about this or that, should I do this or should I do that, uh, someone who is liberated, someone who understands deeply who they are and what this uh, being, uh, being a, a being is, uh, they don't they longer, no longer make any choices because everything is obvious what to do next. They don't look at things and try to strategize because they're no longer interested in any gaining idea. They're not fundamentally, uh, fundamentally, I say that with an ex- uh, emphasis on uh, fundamentally, they're not fundamentally in e- interested in even preserving their life. 
their physical life. I mean, I'm not saying they're going to walk in front of a, of a truck, but you know, that, that's kind of, you know, somewhat, but it's not real strong. The, the fear of, not being, of no longer being a, a biological organism anymore is because your, your understanding goes way beyond your biology. And it's not something you can give to someone because you already have it. It's, it's already the case. So, but you, not accusing anyone of anything, but you're probably covering it up with fear, covering it up with hope. That's that's the, the sneaky one is hope, because that's one that everybody uses. Well, you got to have hope. No, you don't. You don't have to have hope. Whose voice was that? <laughs> you don't really need hope. Hope is a waste of energy. You can just be here, be hopeless. It just means without hope. It's a big deal. Being hopeless also provides, the other end of that is you're fearless. No hope, no fear. Fearless. In other words, you can't threaten who you are. If you're identified with a body, then somebody coming at you with a tire iron is going to be threatening. But that doesn't mean that if you're, if you, if you're, if you've been through this transformation that you're going to stand there and take it. You might be so clear that you're able to take the tire iron away from them and scold them. Bad. <laughs> Did not kill anybody. <laughs> so, one more thing: the way I uh, talk about this sometimes is if you if you really see who who this is pointing to yourself, myself, you see who this is, then you're you're very clear about others, and you see when someone is upset and coming at you with anger, aggression, and everything. You not only see that, but you see deeply into their uh, that they're might they're covering up all kinds of fear and terror by being aggressive. That's how they do that. The aggression will cover up the very soft spot that they don't want anybody to know about. Anybody you see that's really a bully or something like that, it's, they're terrified. And then it's, they might, it might have been covering it up since they were three or four. Yes. So should we be talking with physicians and telling them not to give their dying patients any hope or their Patients of cancer. No, mind your own business. Hmm? Mind your own business. Don't, don't interfere, interfere. Don't do anything without permission. Now, if the physician asks you. No, uh, if, you're so, a, if, if, if you're a physician yeah. and the patient is dying. Are you a physician? Patient, I'm not, but I've been in the medical school for 25 years. So okay. So, so we teach the students to be compassionate to be understanding, and not to take away hope from a person who's well, dying think, or sick. Or I don't think you should take it away, but I wouldn't encourage it. Why do that? You should respect their karma. You should respect that person. Be with them and not, not take, a, take that away. Because death is just the other, life and death, life and death. When someone is dying, that's, that's something that you, you could be with them. I'm not saying if they're... They're terrified that you need to cover it over. Oh, everything's going to be okay. It's okay to die. Go right ahead. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying you could relate to them in their fear and work with that part of their consciousness so that they could have some understanding of what's happening. And you could say, you might say that the hopefulness could arise out of a deep understanding, but hopefulness is always extra and it's always the opposite of fear. We, when there's fear, then we cover it up. When there's terror, then we go the go to the extreme and we, we puff ourselves up and try to, you know, be bullies or be, uh, you know, um, self-centered uh, people. 
more. So we would, when I say mind your own business, I'm saying allow people to be who they are. Everybody, don't meddle with anybody. We've been we've been around for millennia. We're going to be around, uh, you know, maybe not on this planet. It might blow this one up. But, you know, there's uh, there's lots of uh, planets. There's lots of dimensions. How do I know? I don't know. That's how I know. It's not a knowing kind of knowing. It's a knowing kind of knowing. Further questions? Further answers? Very good. Thank you. Thank you.